Jewish audio on Chabad.org. They have nothing they can do, and their family members are just captured in Gaza. And what can you say to such a person? And they are heroes. Absolutely. The moment I met him, I know that I don't need to tell them anything. I gave Daniel a big hug, and then a hug. And Daniel said, I was asking him, you bringing a guitar with you? And he said, we need to keep the people in the, uh, in Hebrew we say Matzavuach, I'm not sure how it's called in English, but in a good mood. Welcome, everybody. This is Extraordinary People with Extraordinary Stories. I'm Hannah Weisberg, host of this podcast. Joining me today is Rabbi Levi Mendelssohn, who is the director of Lev Chabad in Israel. And he's going to apprise us a little bit about the situation there. Thank you so much for joining us, Rabbi Levi. Thank you for inviting. Sure. Okay, so, you know, the first thing that came to mind when I invited you was actually a picture. We're now in the middle of Hanukkah. By the time this airs, though, our audience will be way past Hanukkah. But I saw this picture of the menorah in Gaza. And I understand you were the one that was bringing it there. And I, I want you just, you know, seeing that picture for I think so many of us was just so symbolic of so much, such a monumental moment. Finally, the menorah being lit in Gaza amidst the war. Can you tell us a little about that? I got to be honest, uh, at the moment, I wasn't feeling it. Uh, I, I wasn't seeing how symbolic it is. I was uh, also focused on the uh, technical details with bringing in the menorah. Can you tell us? And, uh, I mean, that must have been very I difficult. Say, I, I was uh, uh, scared a little bit. I could have just, I was just going to ask you what you must have been like, terrified. Was, I was wearing a uh, armor vest and a helmet. Uh, we had a gun as a soldiers. But uh, I'm not a big fighter. Uh, I'm a more rabbi than a fighter. And uh, I was uh, basically trying not to get shot. And, uh, <laughs> right. Putting on the menorah. It was... I've realized how symbolic it is when one of the uh, soldiers there said his name is Kalgi. Jonathan Kalgi. He was the commander. And he says, I'm feeling that we're continuing the works of the original Maccabees wow. that breaks. And then I've realized how symbolic it is. It was the most famous menorah in Gaza because it was the first one. But afterwards, we brought in uh, almost 100 menorahs into Gaza. Oh, wow. And many more was led. Uh, we're talking about public menorah of Chabad that was staged, staged there, like uh, in very uh, central places. There, were, there, there is... Uh, approximately between fifteen to 20,000 soldiers within the Gaza Strip. Right. And it could well, time right now. So you can imagine how many menorahs is needed to provide them all. What, what was the reaction of some of the soldiers when they saw the menorah there? They, they used to stay there. So they had a, they was feeling the moment. Everyone was excited. We came uh, less than a week before Hanukkah and uh, we just brought the the uh, environment of the holiday because people before there there was about just the war, sure. and we have to remember since the high holidays of uh, uh, Tishrei, 
the month of Tishrei, we haven't celebrating anything. Right. We, we were just in a war, and now we have a holiday again, time to celebrate. Was a, you know, it's a, Probably a lot of mixed time. emotions. Yeah, very mixed, and the, the joy is always winning in this kind of situations. Right. right. Well, let, let's go back to the beginning. Where were you actually when the, at the beginning of the war? I was, the, the war started on the morning, very early in the morning, uh, 6.20 something, something like between 6 to 7 in the morning. In Israel, we celebrate the holiday of Simchat Torah uh, with Shmini Atzeret together. It's one day uh, outside of Israel, in America, and, every, and everywhere else, it's two days. So this year it was Shabbat, Saturday, and Sunday for us. That was the holiday. It's the holiday that we're dancing with the Torah. We were dancing at night until I think 1 a.m. after midnight for sure. I was sleeping in the morning and we hear the sirens. We don't have a shelter at home. I've got uh, five children. Mm. Uh, and which, part, I, which part of Israel do you live in? I live in Cholon. It's next to Tel Aviv, the center of Israel. Mm-hmm. I, one of the most targeted city in, the, in just, this world. I just heard Central. a big, a big, a big rocket went on. Yeah, I heard a, just recently, maybe yesterday or the day before, a big rocket went up, was yeah, yeah, off there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, close to my house. So we hear the sirens. We, ran to the, we don't have even a, a shelter at home. We have to go to the stairs of the mm-hmm. building. Mm-hmm. All the neighbors are there trying to wake up. Very early, it was a lot of rockets. It's happening. It's happening every year, every six months. It's happening from time to time. Uh, unfortunately, this is the situation. I remember I told my wife, I think the the IDF maybe killed one of the terror leaders in Gaza. There is no other reason. Everything was so quiet. Hmm. It was about 10 minutes and we went back to sleep. The uh, Shacharit, the service of the morning, starts at uh, 8.30 in the hospital of Wolfson Hospital. It's named the hospital of Cholon. And we serve there as Chabad rabbis. My wife and I and other couple were uh, operating the Bet Knesset, the shul, the synagogue. Mm -hmm. We have uh, the holiday meals, Shabbat and holiday meals there. And especially now with the dancing, with the Torah and everything, so we came, I came alone. I left my wife and children, like it's usually, they're coming a little bit later, not at the beginning of the service. And the other rabbi there said that they heard something massive is happening. Terrorists came into Israel. Mm. It sounds like something taking from a, maybe, it, it wasn't sound realistic. Right. After another maybe 20 minutes, a soldier came in the synagogue to the Bet Knesset and was looking around. He was armed with gun. I've realized something happened. I went out. I asked someone if he knows what happened, and he said, there is hundreds of terrorists within Israel. Hmm. At that moment, we didn't have the information, not because we're not watching TV or using the phone on, the, on Shabbat and the holiday. No one in Israel understood what how, yeah, how big it is. The, the, the... But I, I did realize that something serious is happening, and I was afraid. By the way, there was a reason to afraid. Like 
it is a miracle that they stopped in the south. They could have just drive with their massive Toyota cars with rockets and, and RPG. They could come to Tel Aviv to wherever they want. Right. Within this horrifying uh, massacre, there was also uh, small miracles, which are not small. I, I, I ran home. I brought my family back. And during the day, every 20 minutes, every hour, we received pieces of information. And I had to take the, the decision. After all, I'm the spiritual leader there. Mm-hmm. People are looking for me. There was 20 people, 25 people, and the senior staff, the, the principal of the hospital, and the administrators, they start to come. So we understand it's an emergency situation. They are never going to be in, in a Saturday in, in hospital. It's not, not just because it's Shabbat. They're not working. It's, sure. sure. Anyway, we did understand it is something big. And I, I was telling the people, I, there is no right or wrong uh, decision in, in this kind of situation. I said, we have to insist to dance because this is the holiday is about to dance with the Torah and be happy with the Torah. This is the name of the holiday, Simchat Torah, the happiness of the, the joy of the Torah. We insisted to dance and we know that we are dancing in order to give a spiritual strength to our brothers in the South. Hmm. And people were crying there, dancing, holding the Torah in the hand and crying. I wasn't uh, crying. I understand now that maybe they did so on TV. Well, maybe they knew more. Maybe they knew more than you knew. They understood the situation better than me. Right. Perhaps the reason that I could take this decision to keep dancing in such a horrible situation. Right. Wow. And we 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 kept the holiday until the until the night. And the night we we opened the phones. We, we started to understand. It took as much as I remember. The official number of deaths was about four hundred on the night. Right on the night. Right. And it took two more days until they got to the official number of fourteen hundred. It is unbelievable. If you compare to the population of Israel, right. the number of the it, it's much bigger than the September 11. If you compare, just the, sure, sure. At, at what point did you decide to get involved, like to start the war room of of of, of Lev Chabad? So Lev Chabad, it is division of in the Chabad of Israel called the Tzirei Chabad that focus on uh, hospitals and uh, things that uh, uh, related with health and Chesed on the corner that they're meeting each other. We had a meeting, a big meeting here. Uh, I was trying to convince, people tried to convince me to be the coordinator. They said, we need someone, it is a big thing. Someone need to be in the, just coordinating. I, I wasn't, the, uh, we'll get into details. I wasn't the, uh, behind the things, it's not that it was me. I was just, it happened to be that I was in the center. I didn't want to. I was afraid it's going to take time that I don't have, especially that I know that I can be called for reserve duty, which is called the Miluim here in Israel. And uh, I didn't want to. And, and 
my, my wife convinced me. She said, you don't understand. It is a war. This is the moment I've realized we are in a war. Hmm. Because we have, you know, terror attacks and things happening. Another two and another two again and again. And I've realized it, it things that we heard in stories. I was never in a war before. I'm not right. that old, but we hear that 50 years old, 50 years ago in Israel, there was a war, the Six Days War, the Yom Kippur War. Is your wife from Israel? Yeah, she is Israeli, raised and born. born uh, and raised. Always listen to the wife. You got to understand it's a war. Whatever it's in it, we have to do it. And, uh, right, sure. We started to, to map what's going on, what's the situation, what are the needs. And we had, it's now more than two months mm-hmm. of very intensive work that uh, a day later well, got much more complicated because I was called to what, serve in the army. Yeah, you said you were on reserve. What, what, is, what were you doing in the army? We, and- we, I just want to go into uh, the matter of Miloim at all, the reserve duty. Mm-hmm. The idea of the reserves is that, that we're not that big country and we have a lot of enemies. Mm-hmm. So we to have a big enough army People are trained to be soldiers, sure. but they can get to their lives, they, they are civilians, and in time of need, they're getting called. They call me every year just to train, but mm-hmm. I was sure I was nev- I'll never be called because my unit, and this is my uh, profession in the army, uh, to identify uh, bodies. It is, uh, I'm not going to go into a graphic description mm-hmm. but the, the the my unit is the backup of the backup of the backup i think there is three lines before us mm-hmm. I, I i used to say years i'm just going to train never gonna happen something so big we're not gonna need to use disabilities and the fact that you were called, I guess, such yeah. a big thing. And then we bodies wow. need to be identified. Wow. And we had the Chabad war, and we had this. So at the first two days, we got, we've got organized, and the, the it was shifts. At the beginning, it was uh, 12 and 12. What, for the, res- for the reserve? Yeah. So I took the night shifts, mm-hmm. and during the day I was in the uh, Chabad war room. I didn't sleep in the first two two weeks. Mm-hmm. Wow! Literally, wow! Just uh, I, I wasn't special on this. Right. People, the the it was around the clock. How how were you able to function when you came home after identifying the bodies? I understand that the situation was horrific. How were you emotionally able to to function? I don't have answer for this. The every every person take it in a different uh, way, mm-hmm. and the 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 army provides uh, psychologists and uh, psychiatrists after every shift. Mm-hmm. There is a, a circle that we sit together and we have to speak. And you're not clear to go out before you speak to a profession. Wow, a professional. That after all. I, I didn't think that I have the, the this strength in me before, and I, 
I don't have like explain. I, it just just something we to, to it, right. we're still living with it, and I, I can share that everyone is taking it different. For mm-hmm. me, the most difficult thing was the smell, mm-hmm. and every time that I see in the news or reading article or something about the October seven or regards, we just uh, I'm not sure where it's gonna be. Uh, broadcast of when people can see it in uh, months ago, but tonight they've published about two of the hostages that uh, was found out dead in the Gaza mm-hmm. Strip. Mm-hmm. They extract them from there. Right away, I smell the the smell of the wow. the, the this military base that we were there. The psychologist who spoke said, he said it's going to take a few months until it's going to pass, and it's normal, if we can call it normal. The situation is not normal, and we're dealing with doing our best. You mean it's, it's not, normal for you to be not in that situation and still smell the smell when you hear the news? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Part of the trauma that, of that. Yeah. Right. I said it's something that happened to many people, and I don't have to be afraid. I can't complain. Nothing happened to me, Baruch Hashem. Right. Thanks God, my family right. is held. I wasn't injured, but the, the situation is is uh, is very serious. Wow, wow! Tell us a little about some of the things that you've been doing in the war room to help the people. So we, we took it to four different uh, uh, divisions. One is dealing with the uh, uh, grieving families, uh, includes the hostages. How, how so do we, you like? I, I can't even imagine. How do you go to a, a, a house where there is families of hostages? How do you? What do you say to them? How, what do you do? So we have to separate because most of what we've done is things that Chabad of Israel have activity uh, regards to this matter during the years. Mm-hmm. For example, the, the grieving families, we do have a full department, a terror victims project, it's called. People are dealing with it. They have the training. They know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. There is 1,400 Chabad rabbis all over Israel. Mm-hmm. We have in almost every neighborhood, if there is family there, there is a guy visiting. Obviously, there is a difference. When uh, a friend of mine, Cholon, said he came to visit the family, that two of the, uh, both of the parents uh, was murdered. One of them was finding out, they find out the mother, I believe, or the father on October 7. And when they finished the Shiva, sitting seven days of grieving, they've just found out that the other parent was murdered too. And there was two little girls there. And he said, we're coming to visit. So we brought some toys. They don't really understand what's going on. And then we hear the sirens. (gasps) They have to run to a shelter. I'm trying to say it was much bigger, much harder, in much bigger scale than everything that we have experienced before. But we did have the basics. The hostages is a all different story. Uh, Chabad of Israel arranged a all a, a charter plane. They, they rented a all airplane, the biggest that El Al have, for a one day to come to pray in the uh, Rebbe's oil. The, I saw that. It was such a, you know, the moment was just, just watching the, the hostages pray there was just, it, I mean, it was heart-wrenching and yet full of hope at the same time. It was, what what did they feel about that? What were their, what was their I, I came with them. You came with them. 
was actually my first time to meet with a family member of a, a, a hostage because before that there was someone here that took responsibility of all of the uh, matter of uh, the hostages families and he was in touch with them we had a campaign to check it's not a campaign I don't have the exact word in English like we we took a mission right. to check all the mezuzah mm-hmm. in the homes of the hostages it's known that the uh, checking the mezuzah it's a, a a good thing for people and for their security in, and their safety sure so how, how many how many hostages were did you how many families of the hostages did you bring into the the Rebbe's Isle there was 250 family members wow. I, I can't tell you now the, the exact amount of the families but most of the families right uh, at least one representative and this was my first time not to was behind to be behind the sense and send someone to check the mezuzah I was there and right. I met them right and the first, the first two brothers I met at the check-in it was a Daniel and Ohad Weiss one of them Daniel came with a guitar they are four brothers lived in uh, the kibbutz uh, Berry that suffered uh, a lot of uh, hits, specifically in the hostages, many hostages from this uh, kibbutz. The father was murdered on spot on October 7, and the mother was kidnapped to Gaza. She was one of the hostages, and two of her four uh, sons came with us, and I see Daniel with a guitar. I was afraid. I didn't know what can I say to a person that his family member is captured in Gaza. We still were speaking about this, and there is still a lot of them there. Everything is not normal in this war, but yeah. this specifically, they, they have nothing they can do. And their family members are just captured in Gaza. And, the, the city and the old Gaza Strip is destroyed and bombing and soldiers are there and terrorists and their family members are in there. What can you say to such a person? And they are heroes. Absolutely. The moment I met him, I know that I don't need to tell them anything. I gave Daniel a big hug and then a hug. And Daniel said, I was asking him, you bringing a guitar with you? And he said, we need to keep the people in the uh, in Hebrew we say matzavuah. I'm not sure how it's called in English, but in a good mood. Good mood right. And uh, he was playing all over the road on the airplane, on a train, on a bus, wherever we went, and people were singing with them. Wow. And and the day after we came back, the IDF found the body of his mother in Gaza. They got the uh, intelligence that uh, they had a, spe- a special rescue operation for the... She, she was murdered in a few days before she was murdered. And uh, I just saw one of my friends is uh, Chabad Rabbi in Kfar Saba. And he... Daniel met him at the journey, came with another family of hostages that lives in Kfar Saba. And Daniel offered to come to the menorah lighting 
in Kfar Saba to make the people there happy. And he was sharing about his journey to the Rebbe's Ohel, and he was playing still with the same guitar. These people have... Unbelievable. How old is he? How old is he about? In the Tories, the early Tories. Wow. Wow. With such strength. Where does he where does he have it from? We don't know. It's unbelievable. I, I, we, we do know that Hashem gives together with the, the right. challenge, he gives the power to wow. go through it. But you see it, you see it with your eyes. People have strength that it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, that, that visit to the Isle was something so special. It was also the right the day before, the night before the march in Washington. Well, many of the families the, were there. The, 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 the afterwards, we right. came to the Isle on Monday and then on Tuesday. The next we day, to, right. Yeah, we made a stop on our way to Israel. And it, it was a... Did it give strength? Did it give some solace to some of the, the, the families? Listen, the people I spoke with, said we came to Washington because we need the public opinion. We need the mm-hmm. people to right. But right. we came to have the blessing of the Rebbe. Wow. This is they've got interviewed also in English in the media and, and, and they, they kept saying it. This is the reason they came. Who am I to to say uh, you know otherwise? Were were they religious were they all religious or most of them not the kibbutzim in this area are not uh, orthodox oriented. You know, the, most sure. of the people there are, are completely not defining themselves as even traditional. And uh, many of the hostages are from the party, which you can imagine the people in the party uh, within the holiday are not uh, defining themselves as orthodox, but it's all this is but that didn't uh, matter that didn't matter they still uh, wanted to come this, this is uh, belong to october 6 right since right. october 7 the 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 way we speak here in israel completely changed i can tell you that i'm feeling it on the streets there is a solidarity not just, just from people from overseas people here in israel we we're feeling now how we are one nation and we, we have to find a way to keep it after the war finish. I hope so, but right. this we have to keep it. Right. I mean, as part of what you're doing also, I know you're, you're giving out a lot of religious articles like like Tfilin, Mezuzot, and uh, Tzitzit to, to, to people who before never had any interest, Shabbos candles. Um, how do you explain that, that renewed awakening? I, I'm not looking for an explain. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, it seems so natural. And so, right. it's just like this, people are connecting to their, it's called all uh, sources or background. To it's who they are, to what they are. Right. This is who we are. Right. Wow. And we're on. Absolutely. So, Tell us a little bit more about some of the other things that you're doing. I mean, you said well, with the hostages. Yeah, this is actually the smallest uh, division because there are 1,400 casualties and 240 hostages. We have uh, over 6,000 people got injured since the start of the war. Uh, You're talking about soldiers that are injured? A lot, most of them are soldiers, civilians, just 
you mentioned before the, the rocket that hit in Cholon. Right. The person, 45 years old civilian, got hit by the rocket. This is something that happened this week. Right. In the South, it's unfortunately much more often. And the, the, we provide a spiritual uh, uh, help to the patients. So what, what is that spiritual? Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, I'm saying the families also need help. Of course. From Yerushalayim, their son just got hospitalized in Be'er Sheva in the south. They're going to need a place to stay next to him. They're going to need food. They're going to need even help to launch or they, they wash their, their clothes or, or sometimes to buy uh, more clothes. Uh, right now, there is a very a massive need with these families. And as much as we see it, this is going to be the longest challenge of the war because, in my opinion, it's going to last long months, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. perhaps a year, if not in this intensive uh, level. At least they're going to stay, the soldiers are going to stay in Gaza and the borders and we have miracles, but the the you know the way that it works that unfortunately there is uh, soldiers that got hit and they are injured and wounded and they're gonna keep calm and right we're gonna have to be prepared to deal with them and there is a Torah shluchim that working in a hospital's full time job all over Israel. So t- so tell me a little bit more. I mean, I like the logistics seems like huge. I mean, just taking care like you just said, even just laundry, even just taking care of things like that. There's so much that there's so many needs that need to be taken care of. But you also said spiritual needs. When you say you're right. taking, taking care both. of this spiritual it's combined, it's combined. The it's spiritual combined. Is combined. Right. The spiritual is combined with putting on the fill in or uh, uh, having a blessing, writing a letter in the Torah scroll, or uh, putting a, a holy book in the room. Spiritual is also the the feeling of a patient and this is something that we do uh, during the year the mitzvah the command of bikur uh, cholim visiting the sick so the uh, today there is researches that shown that patients that getting more visitors uh, it's their, their uh, healing process is faster and and in uh, high, higher chances to for sure they see that they're what they that people care about them for sure but so we uh, see that the most the most the most thing that they want or need and it the most helpful thing people just sitting next to the bed listening to him not even telling him things most of them just need someone to listen to hear their story, hear their fears, hear people got, they gave their sometimes a, a arm or a leg, right. sometimes. Well, that, that's uh, what I was going to ask you, like, how, how do you even approach someone who lost, who lost a limb? I mean, when, when here, when we look at, when we hear that someone was killed, we, 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 we're, we're so saddened, but we, you hear wounded, you don't even imagine, but some of these wounds are real serious wounds. I mean, it could be a limb that's missing or some thing that really impacts their life from now on. So how do sorry? Lots of soldiers. Lots of soldiers. Yes. So 
I, I, I assume between two to three hundreds in a serious, uh, serious situation condition. like this, it's going to take them months to recover. There is a rehabilitation uh, wars. They are unfortunately very good in Israel because they have the experience. Mm-hmm. But now it's numbers that we didn't saw before any time. And so they, how, how do you approach they, someone like that? Like, what do you say? What do you do? We had, we had many groups that came in. I was there the previous week, I think, a week and a half ago. I was in Tel Shomer with a group from Australia. And a rabbi came with them. And I told the rabbi before, I'm telling you, at the end, your community going to say, we came to give them strength, but they gave us the power. And uh, I wasn't surprised to see it. I, I asked the people, what's give you the strength? And some of them saying, you see a young boy, maybe 22 years old, 23. He was a driver of a D9. It's a big, a, a massive, massive uh, machine that basically destroyed buildings. No, no. It's oh, a... He got hit by a, a missile, an anti-tank missile, that he lost his leg. And there is, they have their own uh, language they're speaking. They have jokes about this. Above the knees, it's even harder to recover and harder to walk later. And he's keeping smiling and he's saying, I'm happier than I was before. I now know the meaning of my life. I want to thank God for giving me the life, for giving me opportunity to stay in this world one leg less, but I'm still alive. And the power of these soldiers is it's just incredible. incredible. And you hear stories, stories that it's hard to believe, but it's all, you know, back up with evidence. One of the, of the injured is... A civilian live in one of the villages next there. It's not a kibbutz. It's a small village. And he said he went out of the house to fight the terrorists that got into the the uh, and the the his wife and two children were hiding within a bed that was in their uh, shelter room. Usually these beds that open and they have like a small box there to hide. Mostly it's usually full with blankets or whatever. Right. No one is keeping it empty. Two days before, his wife decided to make an order there. She, she just took out everything and she didn't put it back. So this is one thing that she could hide in it. And one other thing, this kind of beds, just it's jumping up when you close it. If it's hard to close it from the inside, but the the it's got broken. Mm-hmm. So he said, my wife was hiding within the beds, and the terrorists the terrorist came in, and were sitting even on this bed. Oh my god! She couldn't. And you hear the stories, and the, these people are smiling, and they're saying, and this person he have he had I think seven soldiers in his arm. And you're going to need to have more. He's playing an, a, a, a bassist, it's called. He's playing a, a, and a band. He's playing. He's, he's oh, a wow. musician. 
And he's now, he lost one of the hand. This is what he's doing for a living. Sure. It's just saying, you see the strength of these people, it's unbelievable. Wow. Wow. Unreal. Really unreal. Wow. Um, can you tell us, like, for you personally, what was what was one of the hardest moments or one of the the, the most courageous moments that you had? There's more than one. Now, if 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 I gotta to choose one, you can give us one hard moment and one courageous moment. You can give give us more than one. I'm sure there were many. Yeah, I just in the I think it was the beginning of the second month of the of the war. We came. I came to one of the hotels in Tel Aviv. There is a more than 100,000 uh, displaced f- people in Israel. It's refugees in our uh, own home, in our own uh, land. And they, this is another uh, thing that you're doing in the war room, I guess you're helping yeah, all these displaced people. Yeah, 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 it started at the beginning of the war. We had just the communities in the front, the people living in the south, next to the border, and then the government they started to evacuate them. So we needed to provide them much more. And... I, I probably made a mistake. I, I saw someone there. There was an event for children. I came just to uh, help them. I, I started to chat with people. I saw someone sitting in the lobby. So I said, you see, this is the bright side of the wall. The government pays for you for a hotel. Mm-hmm. I think he's 80 years old. An old person. 80, uh, 80 maybe 75 not a, young, not a young boy. And he, he just started to cry. He tried to explain me. He said, you don't understand what it is. You don't have your home. You just have one luggage with whatever you could put in. I want to go back to my home and I don't care what's going to happen to me. And he was just crying with tears. I, I lost the words. I realized this is just a side effect. He, his home wasn't hit by any rocket or, or missiles. All of his family members are alive. They're safe. The government officially is taking care of him. He has where to sleep and what to eat. But he's feeling like he lost everything, and he's right. And this is just one of 120,000, something like this. It's, it's wider than we see, and it just... It gave me the understanding how big is the the job that we have to do right right wow it's huge it's so so much suffering and so much but yet there's also these i mean you're saying like people who have gone through so much and they're giving us such hope they're so strong that's really so beautiful to see it is and this is even when it, when we see the 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 hardest uh, parts of the the war, the the completely the the full picture is uh, that the the I'll say it in different words. When you go in the streets of Israel, people are not looking down; they are going with their heads up. That's what I was going to ask you. What's the mood like? So the mood is uh, that we're fighting for our life. 
It's not a choice, and we're going to win it, and we are uh, united. We, we, we're all together on it. We're helping each other. It's unbelievable. And as much uh, as it is very difficult, the strength of the people is bigger, and I think it's like the, the both sides of the, the same. It's one affecting another. The hardest it is, the people are even, the, the, in the Bible it says, Am Kshe'oref, where... A stubborn uh, nation, a very strong and stubborn nation. So, no one's going to stop us. We're not going to be broken from this. This is, the, this is the, the spirit that people are living with on a daily basis. Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. Okay. Um, it, it, we, 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 have to, we have to go. I just want to hear if there's any last message you'd like to leave us with. Yeah, there is. There is that uh, people have to know that they have been taken care and the people of Israel uh, are being taken care by, by Chabad. The Rebbe gave us the mission and every person all over the world should know that he can be part of this effort even if he's doing a small uh, act of goodness, doing a mitzvah, especially if he's letting us know. And even if not, this is what gives us the strength to win this war. Wow, because we're all so connected. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for what you're doing there. And I hope your work will quickly be stopped so we no longer need it. Um, Amen. Yeah. Let, let's let's hope for miracles in the future. Thank you so much for joining us. Wow, I just completed that interview with Rabbi Levi Mendelssohn, who really gives us such a picture of the individuals that are involved in this, the individuals that are there, the families of the hostages, the individuals that are wounded, the soldiers that are, are, are wounded. And what comes so clearly across in the interview is really the strength of the Jewish people. I think the part that really touched me the most was that family of the hostage that came to the Isle of the Rebbe and he was playing his guitar and he was saying, we just have to keep up the spirit. We have to make people happy. I mean, the strength to be able to do that or the soldier that was wounded and he, rather than bringing down the people who came to visit him, rather than them inspiring him, how he inspired them and how he just spoke about how lucky he is to feel to be alive and how this was something that really just taught him something so much more about life. This attitude, this, this spirit is just so unbreakable and just really makes you realize what's important in life and what is significant and what really is the things that keep us keep us going and keep us strong and continuing and resilient to be who we are, to be Am Yisrael, to be the Jewish nation. If you enjoy watching these podcasts, I hope you will subscribe. You can subscribe to get it to your inbox on Chabad.org forward slash extraordinary. Uh, these podcasts are available on all podcast streaming platforms, so you can see them there. And also, please, as always, leave us some feedback. We love to hear from you. We love to hear what you liked, what you were inspired by, what touched your heart, because we just love to hear from our readers. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you again for watching.